You are now listening to The Lance Curve Show, the boldest spot on internet radio. And I thank you so much for being here. And I thank you so much for your positioning to be able to educate us and inform us into what actions that we need to take on a mental, spiritual, and physical level as Black people under attack on the planet Earth. Welcome. Okay, Lance, again, thank you for having me on your show. Um, I thank the listeners for the response. I actually honestly was, um, because what I saw, all of it was from the spirit realm, I didn't think of the astral plane. I didn't think that many people were actually seeing this. So I was shocked when I actually started to share this with other black people. And they were like, oh my God, I'm seeing the same thing. And I'm like, you are? Yes. So the the response was really, really, really amazing. But then, you know, you always have your naysayers. There's always going to be a naysayers. And what I want people to understand is this. Every vision is not for everyone. Every vision is not for everyone. There will always be naysayers. They will always tell people that what you see is wrong or what they know is right, and there's the only way, and there is the right way. Always remember, some, one person gets part, another person gets part, another person gets part, another person gets part. So I need you to understand that. The second thing that I need to need you to know is that there were parts of it that I did not mention. And then it was only afterwards that I mentioned, oh my goodness, I forgot out the major parts of this. Um, which is what I want to talk about now. And then I want to get into some of the questions that people posed because I want to be able to answer some of your questions if I have the answers, okay? I may not have some of the answers. I may have some of the answers, mm -hmm. okay? Then I, oh, thank you. And then I also want to get into a timeline to show you some of the historical things in time, in time. Like, for example, I began to search. And then when I began to search, I came across this ancient African prophecy that foretold the falling of the continent thousands of years before slavery. Okay? Thousands of years before slavery. And Amazing. I'm talking about Arab, Arab slavery that started first. Mm -hmm. And then the transatlantic slavery that came after. Hmm. There were actual prophecies that was written that this was coming in the future. And I only saw this in a vision. I didn't see this in reality. And I began digging. And then I encountered an African person who was able to, um, who understands ancient Egyptian. And he showed the prophecy the African prophecy of the fall of the African continent and why it fell thousands of years before it fell. And in that prophecy, can I tell you something astounding? Vladimir Putin made a comment mm -hmm. where he called Africa a cemetery. Do you know in the prophecy thousands of years ago on the African continent, part of the curse not the curse, but the prophecy foretelling the fall of the African continent was that it would be a cemetery for dead men. 
Wow. Does, does Putin know something? Exactly. Of course he does. For him to say something like that. So he was speaking. And I will tell you this. When I heard Putin speak that prophecy, something inside of me said, no, reject it and cut it down and reverse it. And I did it immediately, not understanding. And I was like, wow, why was I, why was I compelled to reverse that prophecy? He said, no, reverse it immediately. And I did that. And then when I was searching, when I was searching, that's when, last night, I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I got to find this thing. So I started digging up on the internet and digging all over the place. And then I encountered this black African. And he still speaks ancient Egyptian today. He still speaks the language. And he said, there is an African prophecy from hundreds of years, thousands of years, where they foretold the fall of the continent. And in the prophecy, it says that the land will become a cemetery for dead men. Is there something that Putin knows? <laughs> These guys, they, they definitely know a lot more than the masses do. And every now and then, whether he meant to say that or not, every now and then, the truth slips out. They're conniving, they're demonic, they're evil, and they're whores for power. And it's a big competition for them. The planet Earth, black people, the melanin that we have, they don't care about us. They are where they are. So could you imagine? They don't care what they do to us. And I take that as a slip, a Freudian slip that's to give us indication as to what's to come. Yep. Yep. Not only that, one of the other things that I saw, I'm not sure if I mentioned it. When I was doing my, 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 my looking, now, you got to understand that I'm seeing this in the spirit realm, not in physical. I later have to go back and I'm like, how can I find any of this information? And I literally dig on the internet looking for these things because I can't find these things. I'm like, how am I supposed to prove this? I can't tell people this, you know? So the interesting thing that I forgot to mention was there is a written plan. And this plan was written a while ago. I can't decipher if the plan was written during the height of the transatlantic slave trade, when it came to an end, or during the Berlin Conference. But I'll tell you where this written plan is. It's in Berlin. Okay? It's an actual written document. And the name of the plan is called the final plan. It's either the final plan or the end game or the final chapter. Okay? And this is an actual written plan. In the coming days, it's going to be leaked. It is going, this document is going to be leaked. And what this document is, is proof positive that there is an extermination agenda on the black race. Okay? Mm. Wow. It's either called the final plan, the end game, or the final chapter. What I saw in this document was that there was jealousy for the Arabs 
if you know north africa used to be black yes and then north africa started changing color because the, the greeks came in the romans came in the turks came in the persian the so sorry it went um the greeks the persians or is it the persians the greeks the romans the turks persians again arabs okay that's mm -hmm. how north africa changed from being a hundred percent black to the color that they are now and to the right. religion that they are now mm -hmm. okay and what i saw in this document was that these people and now i am not talking about regular white people on the ground i am talking about a structure a hidden power structure okay you rarely see their face. You don't know their names. You don't know whether they're coming or whether they're going. You don't see these people. Okay? You don't know their names. You mm -hmm. don't know who they are. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I wonder at times if they're human. There, is a, there was a jealousy. And there has, there has been a deep-seated jealousy of what the Arabs were able to accomplish in North Africa. What do I mean by that? I mean that they're jealous that they were able to change the color composition of North Africa. And they were able to change the religion. So much so that many say today, North Africa is not Africa. When in fact, it is. And that deep-seated jealousy is in this plan. And in that plan, the final plan or the end game or some, the final chapter, in it, and this document is going to get leaked, in it, they stated that they should not have done what they did. This is why I'm thinking, this is why I'm thinking that it could have been after the Berlin Conference. They, in the plan, they, say, they said that they should not have just enslaved Africans. They should have exterminated them. Okay? Brought the population down. Okay? To mm. the point, like what they did to many of the indigenous in the Americas and in Australia and in New Zealand brought the population down, and then keep the remaining people living in reservations or in townships. Does, do you understand what I'm saying? In the plan, mm -hmm. they have regret. There is regret for enslaving Africans, not because they didn't want to enslave them, they believe that slavery was the wrong thing that they did. They should have genocided them. Wow. Because slavery only allowed, listen to it, what's in that plan. It's as if they look back and they realize we did the wrong thing. We should have genocided them instead of enslaved them. Because what in the plan, they said slavery allowed them, this is what they're thinking, slavery allowed them to literally spread them halfway across the planet. Mm hmm you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whereas 
They should have genocided them and then brought in their people to work as slaves on the land. You see the difference? Yes. How evil. So the final chapter, is it the final chapter, the final plan? Something like that. That's mm-hmm. the name of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. In it, it outlines their jealousy for what the North Africans did because the North Africans successfully exterminated the black populations in North Africa in order for North Africa to look the way it does today. Mm -hmm. Most of them, when they do the genetic testing, their genetics goes back to where? Syria, Lebanon, Turkey, Persia, Saudi Arabia, Yemen. That's the genetics. And some Mediterranean from the Europe, some Mediterranean from uh, Greek, Cyprus, um, um, Malta, Italy, in North Africa. That's just, and you know that's their genetics. Right. And then you have pockets of the indigenous Black North Africans. And there is a deep-seated jealousy by the slavers, by the slavers, in that document where they said we did it wrong. We should have followed the template of genocide because then we would not have had to deal with this problem today. Had we genocided them, put the remnants of them on reservation, we could have brought in our people onto the continent, kind of like what they did in Australia, what they did in New Zealand, what they did in the Americas, okay? with the indigenous population, what they did in Hawaii, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, across the planet. They said they should have genocided them, put the remnants on reservations, and then brought in their people onto the continent. That document is about to be leaked. That document is in Berlin. That's what I saw. That is, I don't know if this document was from Hitler. Mm -hmm. Something is telling me it's not from him. But, the people who have leanings for Hitler could have been a part of this. It could have come out of the Berlin Conference because the Berlin Conference is what these, um, what the the rulers of Europe, when they got together, they divided the African continent for each one of their states in Europe. It could have come out of the Berlin Conference, but the Berlin Conference wanted African people are slaves. That's why I'm thinking it may not be the Berlin Conference. It may be after the Berlin Conference when slavery came to an end. You see what I'm saying? And they look back and they realize, shit, what did we do? Mm-hmm. You understand? We yes. took them. They got played in their own plan. You see? Because look at what I'm showing you. Mm-hmm. When you look at Australia, what did they do in Australia? They put the indigenous black Australians on reservation, and then they brought in their people. Their people was allowed to grow and multiply. Now Australia is predominantly what? (laughs) Right. Look at New Zealand. They did the same thing in New Zealand, right? Yes. Look at South America. The same thing in South America. What did they do? Genocide the native population, bring in their population from Europe. You mix some of them. Some of them get mixed in, right? But what do you do? For the most part, the people who rule South America, with the exception of maybe one or two countries, are what? They're predominantly European. Same thing in Central America, same thing in North America, same thing in Canada. 
Yes. These people, when slavery came, that's why I'm thinking this happened, this document was after slavery that's about to be released. And they're going to say when this document gets released, they're going to say it's a hoax. But it's not a hoax. It's real. I'm telling you, this document is about to be released. It's called either the final plan, the end game, or the final chapter. In it, it outlines the genocide plan for black people. And their regret, they realize, they said, we made a mistake. We should not have brought them from the continent to the Americas because we only allowed them to multiply. And now we have to deal with a greater problem than if we had kept them on the continent, exterminated them on the continent, and brought in our people to work the continent, and then terraformed the continent into a non-black continent. That's the first thing. Okay? Are you there? This is really when I when I move about the city and I travel abroad, which is not really far. I stay close to home pretty much these days. Let me change back over into uh microphone here. Like I said, when I travel abroad, driving here and there and just throughout the city. When I observe things on television, which I don't watch much television, but when I do, my eye is wide open. The only thing that I can receive or seem to receive as far as a divine message is that they're rebuilding these cities here in America and abroad for a world that doesn't include us. And it's a certain disconnect that I see, not that I've been connected with my oppressor, but they're not even trying to hide it anymore. They're not saying it, but they're not trying to hide it. And granted, I'm not trying to say that everybody is down with the plan or knows, but I'm looking at the overall feel that I get and what they're building as far as these new cities within the old cities, like here in Orlando where I am, or Atlanta, or, or Miami, Dallas, Texas, all of these places, it's a surge of new building. And it's like they're doing it in a hurry for some reason, because somebody who's connected to all of this knows how they're feeding social media, the so-called mainstream media, how they're giving us little pieces, thinking that we're making it. Disney comes out with the Black Panther movie, and we feel as though, yes, they understand us. But that movie is a fantasy. It indicates some things, but it's taking our collective mind elsewhere. Why not do a movie and a documentary that is more dynamic on reality to show us how great and who we really are? They don't want that. But they don't mind us clapping and feeling good, and we're in a few African garments without the plan for survival in our head that will take us beyond this time as we are naturally destined to do. They know this. They know their time is up. So they have to artificially interfere with the natural course of things because they know that they cannot survive on this planet. And those elites, those people who 
may not even be human. They own the media. Those people who hide, they're weak, watered-down, inbred, demonic people who live in a certain way and have certain practices that most just wouldn't believe because, you know, we're painted as the savages and the thugs, prostitutes and pimps and low lives and deadbeats. So while the media is pointing at us and drumming up a reason for our extermination, because in their mind, when it happens, the masses will say, you know what? They're not doing anything for humanity anyway. We're better off without them. We're being falsely accused while at the same time we're being used for our bodies, our minds, our souls. But just like others, just like Hitler with his propaganda over the so-called Jews, it was easy to kill a Jew because they were nothing. And it saddens me when I see, just as in the comment section, people say, well, I have no connection to Africa. America is my country and my soil, and I'm indigenous to this land. Oh, but when Hitler went after the poor Jews, there were some who were in the affluent class, but they were still considered the so-called Jews. He then came after them. We just don't get it, Sister Renetta. And most of us, many of us won't get it. But again, this is why I appreciate you for taking the time to share what has been revealed to you so that those of us who are seeking and who want to know can get the truth. And also those who have, they, there's something stirring in, in them and they're like, I, I don't understand what this is and I need to put this into words. But let me show you the other part of the spiritual vision. So when I started to get the vision, I was like, oh my God, I fell to the ground. I said, no, these people are devils. I mean, I kind of always knew they were devils. Okay, and I'm not talking about your average white person. I am talking about a group of entities that have been on this planet a very long time. And they hate humanity, but they hate black people more than they hate the rest of humanity. Okay, one of the things that I saw, okay, was I said to myself, I said, how are they? I said, how the hell are we supposed to get out of this mess? Why would you show me this? and there is no help. That's when I saw the help. And I was told clearly, I was told clearly by the black gods. I didn't stutter. They are not called Yahweh, they're not called Jesus, and they're not called Allah. They said the only way for us to stop them, we have to strike the North Sea of Europe and put Europe under water. And we have to strike tactically, strategically, mm-hmm. that would ricochet across Europe into China. I saw China get hit. I said, what the hell? Mm-hmm. These are meteors. Mind you, I'm seeing this. And here I hear Europe says, we need a military. Europe needs a standing military. And Trump goes, we need a space military. And I'm like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm seeing this. 
and now you have the president calling for a space military and Europe calling for a standing. Are they preparing for something? I said to myself, a meteor striking? Then I go online. After I see this, I go online. I think there's a meteor coming to strike the planet. I go online and NASA is warning the Earth that there's a meteor coming to strike the Earth next year. Okay. Wow. That's a warning shot. Mm -hmm. That is a warning because they know what they're planning. And the black gods said to me, they told me, they said, most black people worship their enemy. This is why we have not responded to help them. I said, what does that mean? The gods they worship are their enemies. They don't understand what they worship. I said, what? They don't understand what they're worshiping. They worship, they give their money, they give their veneration, they sing their songs. And I said, explain this to me. He said to me, do you know Long before these other gods came to the African continent, they said the land of the African continent was given over to and consecrated to their own gods. When the land was given and consecrated to the black African gods, they had peace. Yeah, there were times when they had skirmishes with other tribes and there were tribal wars and this and that, but not on the scale of what foreigners brought. They had relative peace. They said because the land was consecrated to African gods, when these Africans started to change their gods, the African gods left. And these foreign gods began to turn Africa into a mess. And all of this was prophesied. Let me read you the prophecy. At a time, a time will come when it will seem that in vain the African have honored their gods with pious mind and with assiduous, assiduous service. All their holy worship will fail inefficacy will be deprived of its fruit. The gods leaving the earth will go back to heaven. They will abandon Africa. This land, once the home of sacred liturgy, will be widowed of its gods and no longer profit from their presence. Strangers will fill this country and not only will there no longer be care for religious observances, but yet, but a yet more painful thing. It will be laid down under so-called laws, under pain of punishment, hold on, that all must abstain from acts of piety or cult towards the gods. Then this very holy land, home of sanctuaries and temples, will all be covered with tombs and the dead. What did Putin say? Africa 
is a cemetery. Listen mm-hmm. to what the prophecy says. Mm-hmm. Then this, this is an ancient prophecy, thousands of years old. Then this very holy land, home of sanctuaries and temples, will all be covered with tombs and the dead. What did Putin say? O Egypt, Egypt, of your cult, only fables will remain and later. Your children will no longer believe in them. Nothing will be left but words carved in stone to tell of your pious exploits. What I began to see when I was given the ancient prophecy that I couldn't find, he said the first fall, the land was never, the land was never to permit foreigners into it. The second thing that I saw, they were never to permit foreign gods. That's it right there. This is why it fell. Mm-hmm. This is why it fell. And this prophecy, when you have to remember that the entire continent of Africa was called Egypt. It wasn't just Egypt, the country was the whole continent. At one point in time, they were called Ethiopia, the whole continent. This was the prophecy where they prophesied the coming slavery and they prophesied the continent falling. And it said it had to do when they began to bring in other gods. Where are they now? They're worshiping this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. And it's nonstop war, nonstop bloodshed, nonstop fighting. The vision that I saw, I said, how do you did they correct this? He said, look, the first way to correct They have to change the name of the continent. The second thing I was told, they said every single place that has a non-African name must be changed. Back to the original name. Every single place. Mm Restored. Whether it's a mountain, whether it's a waterfall, whether it's a street, whether it's a building, whether it's this, whether it's that. They said everything has to be changed. They have to change the language and get rid of foreign languages and go back to their traditional language as being the language of the land. I was told, do you understand the power of a name change? Yes. I, said, hmm. I began bingo. to bingo. Mm-hmm. bingo. Bingo. Changes the energy of the person. It, bingo. And their destiny. Yes. If you change one's name, and I was shown, if you change one's name, let's say your last name is uh, a Tom Four. That's a, that's a typical African name. Or Osetutu. Let's say Osetutu. And you change the person's last name from Osetutu to John. You are literally changing the person's energy from an African energy to European energy. And that's when I saw how it fell. The spirit of the African people have been changed to the spirit of a European people and now a Chinese people. 
and, and before to an Arab people. The spirit of the African people have been changed. I was told the first thing they have to do is change the name of the continent. The second thing I was told they have to do is every single name that is not an African name that was given by the ancestors, change it. Every street, every landmark, every building, their children, all of it. Change it back. And I was asked, do you see anywhere in Europe with an African name? Do China name their streets after Africans? He said, this is the depth of the slavery. Do the Chinese name their streets after African languages? Do they name their landmarks? after African languages? Is Europe, is anything in Europe named after African streets or African people or African languages? No. No, then why are you doing it? The energy. Yes. What I saw was that the energy of the African person has been changed. It came through the religion. It came through slavery. It came through the pursuit of things that they believed to be ideal. But all of it was strategic to change the soul of the people. And they said they have to change the name of the continent back to the original name and change every single street landmark, building, whether it's a human, dog, cat, dirt, soil, land, bird, all of it, back to the original name. It will bring back the spirit of who they were. It will bring back their spirit that is in captivity. Their spirit is in captivity due to these exchanges. And when they bring back the origin of their names, of the names of places and of the names of streets and of the names of, of, of landmarks and buildings, the spirit of that place will come back. What do you think Europe is fighting for? Europe is fighting because they're saying it's too many brown people coming here. We don't even recognize our countries anymore. But how dare they? If they exactly. If the Europeans could stand up and say, we want Europe to be white, and they don't bat an eye about it, what are you doing to get back the continent looking like you? Okay. So that's one of the things that I saw. I spoke about the meteors. The other thing, I was asked a question in one of the comment sections. 
And the question was, what, is, what you're stating is diametrically opposed. On one end, you're saying that they're pushing blacks out of the Americas to nuke the continent. And then you're saying they have a strategic plan where they're trying to make Africa white. They said, this doesn't add up. Why would they nuke the continent and want to move there? I said, you've got to understand the difference between tactical nukes. Okay? There were two types of nuclear weapons. Let me show you. I forgot the other word. Okay? Let me show you. Strategic mm -hmm. nukes. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Okay? There's a difference between tactical nukes and strategic nukes. Okay? TNW, tactical nuclear weapons. These are non-strategic nuclear weapons. It is smaller in its explosive power. Smaller. Okay? And it's mostly used with friendly forces in proximity. Okay? That means close to. Okay? Whereas strategic nuclear weapons are designed to be mostly targeted in the enemy interior, away from the war front against military bases. So there are different ki kinds of nuclear payloads, and some of them can be used where the fallout is contained, while some of them that can be used, the fallout goes at a much larger distance. Okay? So understand, so understand, A, I said it before, and I don't mind questions because I need to answer people's questions because their answer is, how come you have one that's pushing us out here and then you have the next one that's trying to go there? Does, of course it doesn't make sense. Like I said before, I said we're dealing with three levels of warfare. You're dealing with an inner earth battle, both good and evil. You're dealing with a terrestrial battle on the physical ground. And then you're dealing with an extraterrestrial battle, which is up in space. And all three levels, you have different degrees of enemies. Okay? We can say what I saw was a Chinese, Middle Arab, Middle Eastern, and a European-American alliance who all hate black people. I am not talking about... Middle Eastern people on the ground, white people on the ground. No, I'm talking about what controls this planet. They collectively hate black people. But they also collectively hate each other. They united in getting rid of us. But they each have their own agenda for how they get rid of us. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. And right. in, in so their minds, you, in their minds, once they get rid of us, and I'm not calling it down. I'm just saying that in their mind, if that was to happen, and they would turn against each other. You see, most don't understand Bingo. the nature of the beast. Bingo. They'll, they'll find Bingo. another reason that, oh, my hair is lighter and your hair is darker, or, or, or we're taller, or you're shorter. We can live in peace and harmony amongst each other as black people when left alone from the Eurocentric mindset and way of thinking. So but that beast-like nature that they thought, have... It's it not will... just Euro. It is a Euro, U.S., Chinese, Arab, 
alliance. That have the same mindset. Exactly. But it seems as though for the most part, they seem to honor the European as the ultimate. Yes. I mean, as it shows through yes. their standards of beauty or what they call that. Mm -hmm. uh, and they honor, he's the one leading, you see, because mm -hmm. this is why he doesn't like to see unity among other peoples of the earth because he, he has to be in everything. Um, the American leadership and people, for the most part, who follow it and call themselves patriotic or psychopathic, if you ask me. And what's interesting, you're absolutely right. So to answer the question, you have to remember, even though they're allied against us, they still hate each other. So one would have a strategy of enslaving us. The other group would have a strategy of genocide. The other group would have a strategy of destabilization. Get them out. Just push them out. Go in. Set up. The other one is like, no, 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 no. Just genocide them. We don't want this problem. You understand? Then the other one would have a strategy. Yeah. Then the other one would have a strategy of, no, just take them off the continent and make them slaves. We can organ harvest them because, you know, their bodies go for $20 million when they're dead. All their organs, it's about $20 million. So just genocide them. Just cut them up and sell their bodies and bury them in the, in, in the sand somewhere. But you see, there's a unifying plan where they all hate us. But the plan to destroy us is different. So you can't sit back and say, how is it that one group is trying to get us off the continent by pushing us into Europe and the other group wants to kick us out of the United States because we're not dealing with one enemy, number one. And number two, they all have a different plan on how they want to deal with us. This is why I'm like, Africa, your history, you're letting the Chinese in? I don't have a problem with Chinese people, but the Chinese government have a history of killing 500 million of their own people in the last century. Between 1978 and today with China's one-child policy, do you know how many children were killed in China? 400 million. Oh, my God. When the Chinese adopted communism, which is Jewish rabbinic thought, this is what communism is, do you know how many people were exterminated under Mao's China? A hundred million. That's 500 million people in less than a hundred years. This is what you're inviting on the continent? Given your history of Arab enslavement, and European enslavement and colonialization and apartheid, this is what you're inviting? Mm -hmm. So I needed you to see that, right? Yes. So I needed you to understand the plan of the Confederacy. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about your average everyday Arab person or European person. 
I was having a conversation with someone online and the person was angry at me because they discovered that Egypt was black and they were just bitter and angry because Egypt was a black civilization before the Hellenists, which is the Greeks, took the pharaonic title by war and treachery and that is how they La, the decaying empire of the Greek of the ancient Egyptian civilizations ended up with with European pharaohs at the end. That was when Egypt was going downhill, and they discovered that Egypt was black and they couldn't take it. You know what the person said to me? What? In a text, I can't wait till they get rid of all of you. Wow. I said there is a plan. I told them that. I said, I know about the plan. I told them. I said, I know about the plan. I said, but let me tell you something. I said, there is a plan for you. And I said, (laughs) go back and tell your masters. I said, tell your masters. If you think you're going to get rid of us, I have news for you. What is prepared in space? which the U.S. government is monitoring closely, they're not making any communications with Earth, and they are just monitoring, and it is a battalion of them, and they are prepared to strike. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's what, that's, that's what I'm... And it was written also, I believe in one of the comments, that, just like you said, that countless... They're close by, unseen to the eye, the naked eye, but they're waiting. They're cloaked. Because they're cloaked, they know yeah. what they're planning. They know what they're planning. And they're already lying in the media and blaming black people for what's going on in South Africa. For example, they say, oh, there's a genocide of white farmers in South Africa. I said, no. I said, when apartheid collapsed, there was massive crying because you kept, you racist Nazis in South Africa. You kept black people living like dogs for hundreds of years. When the wicked apartheid regime collapsed, what do you think is going to happen to all those poor people? They're going to go looking for food, you idiot. What's on a farm? Food. (laughs) That's right. You don't get it. And they're going to come out like like the freaking zombie apocalypse. What's on a farm, you idiot? Food. That's why you see a spike in farmers getting killed. Because your racist Nazi apartheid government it kept black people living like dogs and living like animals and feeding them scraps. And when apartheid fell in 1994, all those hungry people that were hungry and angry, it's the same thing as if there's a blackout in the United States and people can't get to the supermarket to buy food. What do you think would happen? Am I wrong? <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's totally logical. It makes sense. 
But you see, said, why is it when mm-hmm. when hold on? Why is it when the Berlin Wall fell that separated East Germany from West Germany? Do you know how much crime occurred when that wall fell? Mm-hmm. I said, how come you didn't say it was white on white genocide? Right. Right. When the Soviet Union fell, when the so- because I researched it, when the Soviet Union fell, and those Soviet states fell, you know what sprung up? Massive crime. How come you didn't call it white on white genocide? How come you didn't call it white on white genocide? Because there was a lot of murders when the Soviet Union fell, and there was a lot of crime when the Soviet Union fell. Why didn't you call it white on white genocide? Hmm. I said, where, why is it none of the Dutch Nazi boards who created and the children of the Dutch not the Nazis were in Namibia, the Nazis were in Zimbabwe, the Nazi Rhodesia, the Nazis was in South Africa, okay, and they were in Zambia. These are the four countries where you had white populations and they all sided with Nazis. That is why they were kicked out of Zimbabwe. And that is why the U.S. government and Europe sanctioned Zimbabwe into the ground because they kicked out Nazis. And they didn't want them to kick out the Nazis because that was a Nazi stronghold. Mm -hmm. That is what is in South Africa. Nazis. Let me read it to you and show you if you don't believe me. August 16, 1985, New York Times. Yesterday's Nazi sympathizers, today's South African leaders. True, most members of the present Africana Nationalist Party never forgave the British for what the British did to the Africanas during the Boer War. It is not true that all Africanas who fought side by side against the British remain linked together against the British. The Africanas who fought against the British split into two factions in 1909, with the anti-British group led by General J.B.M. Herzog, who later formed the first Africana Nationalist Party, while General Lou Louis Botha and General James Christian Smut led Smut led this led the South African Party the reconciliation factor. Blah 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 blah. Let me get to the goddamn point. This began with the dispatch of young intellectuals to study Nazi ideology. Do you know that apartheid came out of Nazi Germany? Mm-hmm. That is what is in South Africa. That is what they're not telling white people. But anyone who researches the truth will find this. Hmm. Okay? It is Nazis in 1948 who were fleeing the African, the white South African power structure took the principles of Nazism to create apartheid. Let me, let me give you some history. Mm-hmm. 
okay? They will tell you this. <laughs> How Nazi Germany, wait, this is a little bit different. This is about mm. like fewer resources. But the point is, the I point, have to yeah. find it to you. Hold on. And we the got point it. Is, I have to find the article for you. Mm-hmm. I have to find it for you. Okay? Okay, I, I should have seen this damn article. The Nazis of Africa. Okay, Nazi Germany and apartheid South Africa. A historical comparison. When the Nazis were in Germany, the Dutch Boers created apartheid out from Nazism. Okay? Not one person who was a Nazi in the South African government ever stood before the International Criminal Court. Do you know how many they killed in South Africa under apartheid and they disappeared? I could imagine. About 600,000. Not one of them went before the ICC. Not one person who slaughtered the Herero in Namibia stood before the ICC. These are the same lying people who are crying and lying and talking about white genocide in South Africa. It is bullshit. Hmm. Nazi Germany and apartheid South Africa, a historical comparison. The rise of the South African Reich. I might find it in this book. I might find it. The rise of the South African Reich by Brian Boonting. I have to get this book. Two of the most repressive and discriminatory regimes of the 20th century were Nazi Germany and apartheid South Africa. Yet Jonathan Janssen in Knowledge in the Blood points out apartheid is not the Holocaust and the Holocaust is not apartheid. These are two distinct events in their origin, blah, 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 but there are also a number of important similarities in how they became identified. Asantu Mofokeng has stated two of the most, e- most memorable evils which hypnotize the world. Blah, 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 blah. I have to find. Hold on. So, how similar are these two regi- regimes? And why is it important to draw certain parallels between these two regimes? While Nazi Germany from 33 to 39 closely resembled apartheid South Africa, according to Pierre's, once the war started in Europe, the actions of the German government took a path down which the apartheid government never meant. That was so-called extermination, and that's a lie because they were exterminating South Africans. This is why people like Nelson Mandela used those neckties to strangle these people because they didn't have guns. They used to come at night, kidnap them, rape the women, kill mm. them, disappear them, and dump them in mass graves. This is one of the reasons why they don't want to give the black South Africans back the land because of the amount of mass graves. There is no plan by black people to exterminate white people. Yet we see, yet we see, and I want to make this clear, there is no agenda by black people to exterminate white people. There are agendas that we know historically where white people have conspired to exterminate black people. Okay, I have to find the actual, hold on. There's an actual article. 
where it talks about apartheid. When slavery was abolished in South Africa, okay, and after and after um, Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. it tells you that the Boer Dutch Boers fought apartheid and built the apartheid regime following in the footsteps of Nazism. That is what is in South Africa. And not one of them have ever stood before the ICC for war crimes. Meanwhile, you have all these African leaders, you have all these African leaders standing before the ICC for war crimes. What about the apartheid regime? What about the massacre of the Herero people in Namibia? What about what they did in Zimbabwe? Heck, what about what they did in all the African continents? How come none of them ever stood for war crimes? How come we never tried King Leopold in absentia for killing 10 million black people? Mm-hmm. Cutting off their hands, turning their hands into chocolate, and then eating their hands. King Leopold of Belgium. Wicked. There has never been a plan by black people to exterminate anyone. The problem that black people have is self-hate. Because of years of conditioning, we have been conditioned to hate each other when we succeed. You perpetuate the oppressor's agenda on each other, helping them out. Because the plan, yes. If I am white and you are black and I kill you, then it's easy for them to cry racist. Right. What I will do is I'll give you who's black a gun to shoot the other person who's black, but you never know I gave them the gun. <laughs> and then you say, aha, uh-huh, you see, black on black crime. And then black people fall for it. Anyway, back to but the you, prophecy. But, but you kill where you live. I'm not saying it's good right to kill, but... Your inner circle, your community, where you live, or the people that live like you, if, if there's an altercation or some kind of buildup to something like that. But but they shift the, the statistics around because from what I'm hearing, the FBI statistics paint a whole different picture. While we know oh, right would now- you like me to might... read you the FBI... yeah. Would you like me to read you the FBI statistics for 2012, 2013, 14, 15, 16, and 17, where it clearly says there are 30 categories of crime in the United States or right. by which people are arrested. From 2012 to 2017, black people have only superseded Caucasians by a fraction of a percentage or maybe a percentage mm-hmm. in one or two areas. The first area is murder, which is horrible. And then the second area which is robbery, which is also horrible. Sometimes it's only one out of the 30 criteria where black people are committing the most crimes. Sometimes it is two out of the 30 criteria where blacks are committing the most crimes. Since 2012 to 2017, by double digit figures, the most crimes committed in the United States are done by Caucasians. I could read you, let me read you the statistics. Okay, let me read you the this, this statistics. This is from 2012 all the way up to 2017. Okay, 
Hold on, my um, computer is taking a little. For some reason, it's uh, <laughs> for some reason it's taking a little while to load. It always does that. It's the most inopportune times. You know. So let's see what we're doing this. That's, oh, yeah. that's the that's the course of doing business. Yeah. You know why? Because it's the <laughs> truth. It's the truth. And it's taking absolutely forever to load. You know, it's because of the kind of information, you know. Okay, it finally pulled it up. Okay, listen to this. Table 43, this is the crime statistics by race for 2012. Okay, the total amount of crime is 9,390,473. Out of the 9 million, let's say 400,000 crimes, whites committed 6 million. 502,909. Blacks committed 2,640,67. Native Americans, about 140,000. Um, Asian and Pacific Islander, about 112. Okay. But isn't it amazing how their media will take certain numbers and slant it a certain okay. way? And the masses will go on believing it, and they make a nice term. They'll coin a term to say black on black crime. You see what I mean? But but I don't see any other race. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let's look at the, let's look at this as a percentage. Out of a hundred percentage, seventy percent, sixty nine point three, seventy percent of the crimes in 2012 were committed by whites. 28% was committed by blacks. Who commits the most crime in this country again? <laughs> and, and the other factors that we have to take into consideration is the fact that in the downtrodden areas, uh, not that black people just live in downtrodden areas, but collectively overall. See, when I see a homeless white man in a black neighborhood begging for money, he has no excuse. All the advantages right. in this system put him in a place where he has a higher chance of success. So what I'm saying is that exactly. it, it, in, in the black communities that are strained, the conditions of joblessness and, and, and having to make ends meet and the harassment yeah. and, and the bad health care and the bad food that we're eating to yeah. make us behave a certain way. And the codependency. Exactly. So there are reasons why. So, so yeah, it's called white, economic the, reasons. the system of white supremacy that favors these other people, they have no damn excuse. If you think there's no conspiracy, I, I ask Caucasian people this. I said, United States fought against the Nazis in Germany. Why is it that you hail the United States for fighting against the Nazi Germany, but then you condemn South African people for wanting the Nazi Dutch Boers out of their country. Which brings me to another point, okay? This is something black people need to understand. In Europe, Europe had something called the Middle Ages or the medieval period, okay? The medieval period ended in the 1500s. I need you to understand this timeline. The 1500s, okay? You following me? 
Loud well, and clear. Yes, loud and clear. Okay. Okay. Um, hold on. Um, okay. Um, in the 1500s, okay, what brought an end to the medieval period? Let me, let me read to you the medieval hierarchy. This is the key to what's coming after Africa. This is the key. The hierarchy is called feudalism. And under feudalism, you had what was called the masters and the slaves. This is in Europe. This is not Africa yet. Masters and the slaves. For a thousand years, this was in Europe. Masters and slaves. Those who were at the bottom were called peasants and serfs. The word serf is the Latin word for the word serf means servus, which means it literally translates as slave. Okay? Above that is what you had called the knights. Today we call them the police and the military. Then you had the barons and the lords. These are the merchant class. Pay attention to what I'm telling you here. Mm-hmm. Above that, listen carefully to this order of the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. You have what is called the bishop. And above that is the king. Okay? Under medieval feudalistic Europe, Europe had slavery. Don't let them tell you, no, it wasn't really slavery because you know, no. The peasants and the slaves did not get paid. They worked and toiled the land as slaves. What happened that brought an end to feudalism in Europe in the 1500s? Pay attention to what I'm showing you. There was something called the peasant wars. The Peasants' War from 1524 to 1525, this is Germany, and in the 1500s, you have some in the 1300s, you have all the way up to the end of feudalistic Europe, end of the medieval period. This is European slavery. You need to understand this. When Africa was free, Europe was in slavery. Let me repeat myself. When Africa was free, Europe was enslaved. Mm -hmm. You need to understand this. The peasants got sick and tired of their slavery. The slavery was facilitated by whom? It was facilitated by the merchant class, by the... um, priest class, which was the church, and the king, which was the state. Let me say that again. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to what I'm showing you. Mm -hmm. The slavery in Europe was facilitated on the backs of the European slaves, or the European first, was facilitated by the merchant class, 
which is the barons and your lords, the religious class, which is your bishops from the church, and the king, which represented the state. This is European slavery for a thousand years. Okay? This is a thousand years of slavery that was in Europe when Africa was free. Relatively free because the Arabs was enslaving Africans from the East Indian Ocean. Okay, this is before the Europeans came. Okay? Pay attention to what I'm showing you. That was in the 1500s. The peasants or slaves in Europe got sick and tired of being slaves, that they wanted equal rights. Mm-hmm. The king, the bishop, and the merchant class denied them, and that's where you ended up with what you have was called slave, the peasant revolt or slave revolt because the peasants were sick. Don't let anybody tell you that the peasants weren't slaves. They were slaves mm. under feudalism. They could dress it up under a nicer name. No, they were slaves. Mm-hmm. The peasant revolt, this is why Africa needs to pay very close attention to what's going on in Europe because that happened before. The peasants revolted by cutting off the heads of their nobles and sending them to the gallows because they refused to give them equal rights and land. Where did we hear that before? That's what's going on in South Africa. That's what's going on across the whole continent where they're just like, we've had it with you people running this continent. We want you out. Land. What we know of history is that these peasant wars brought an end to medieval feudalistic Europe. But if we study that timeline very carefully, what do we see in the 1600s? If medieval Europe ended in the 1500s, what do we start seeing in the 1600s? Transatlantic slave trade. Wow. 1619. And for anyone who's saying that the transatlantic slave trade did not start in 1619, let me give you the historical facts. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because I have people telling me that the transatlantic slave trade, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. I literally I have that. people telling me. I saw that. <laughs> I'm just like... Okay. Mm-hmm. The first 19 or so Africans to reach the English colonies arrived in Jamestown, Virginia in 1619. Brought by who? The Dutch. Who's in South Africa? The Dutch Boer slavers. Mm-hmm. Who later adopted Nazism to give you apartheid. 1619. European slavery ended in the 1500s because the peasants, the European slaves, wanted land ownership and equal rights. Let's go back to the hierarchy. When you study the hierarchy that was in Europe, I read it to you. Slaves at the bottom, 
the knights who were the policemen and the military, the barons and the lords who were the merchant class, the bishops were the religious establishment, and the king was the state. Let me translate that for you under slavery. It's the same thing that hit Africa. Because when we talk about slavery, there was the same language. It was the master-slave language. The feudalistic language in Europe under European slavery, when Europeans were enslaving their people, was master-slave. The barons and the lords, who was the merchant class of Europe, left Europe. This is where you get the people like Columbus. They left Europe because the European peasants, they no longer had slaves because the Europeans put an end to the white Europeans being slaves on the backs of their rulers. That's what the peasant wars were about that brought an end to the medieval Europe. Those Slavers didn't stay in Europe. They left the European continent, and guess where they went? Africa. <laughs> and they instituted the same thing that they had in Europe the same way. You had your slaves at the bottom. Your slaves catches to catch them. Your merchant class to find the slaves and bring them. And your pastors to facilitate indoctrination of the slaves all at the behest of the state. You see the pyramid of slave power? Yes, and that pretty much shot you shot it down right there. So I hope that person learned something today. <laughs> no, they're gonna come back and tell me transatlantic slavery never occurred. And I'm showing them. Not only did it occur, not only did I read, you can go online in the British slave archive and you can get names and dates and how much and where the slaves were purchased. You can get it from the British Online Slave Archive. You get their dates, their names, where they were purchased, and how much, and who bought them. So for those of you that are saying transatlantic slavery never existed, I don't know what government agent paid you to spread that lie, but good luck. Go to the British Archives Online, British Slave Archives Online, and you can get the truth. Back to the matrix of slave power. When these knights, lords, bishops, and barons, and kings no longer had the European slaves at the end of the 1500s. They left Europe because they refused to see themselves as equals with their slaves. The Europeans were demanding equal rights. And they left Europe on a hocus-pocus story about, ooh, trade in the Middle East. No, it had to do with the medieval system of slavery, of European slavery falling. Do you really believe the way these people thought, 
that they were going to allow a bunch of serfs to have equal rights to them? <laughs> no. They left Europe and went to Africa, and they took the same matrix of slave power to the African continent. You have your police to chase down the slaves, the slave patrol, the slaves to find them. You had your merchant class, which was the barons and the lords, to find the slaves, put them on ships, and transport them wherever you wanted. You had your bishops, the people inside of your church, like Margaret Sanger said. Let me read you something from Margaret Sanger, Race and Eugenics. Mm -hmm. Margaret Sanger says, we do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members, she wrote. Hmm. How about how to make a Negro slave a Christian? <laughs> oh, yeah. You get, you're going to get it for this one now. How to make a Negro Christian. Okay. Willie Lynch, how to make a Negro Christian. Oh, you forgot. This wasn't your religion. I'm just telling you. Don't beat the messenger. <laughs> Go ask about this history. Let me show you the matrix of slave power. The matrix of slave power. Those who are in religious positions, whether they're black, white, Asian, are to enforce the matrix of slave power. Margaret Sanger said it. The minister are our tools to quell their population. If they ever find out, we have a plan to exterminate black people. The ministers were used in converting black people to Christianity and Islam. Let me read you some scriptures from your Bible. I don't care who gets this. This is in your Bible. Okay. Let me read you the New Testament. Okay. Corinthians 7, 1. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. If God is all-powerful, why isn't he giving you your freedom? Anyway, let me just read you the scriptures. 1 Peter 2, 18. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but to those who are harsh. This is the New Testament. All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Colossians 3.22 Slaves. Obey your earthly masters in everything. They didn't say something. Wow. What about buck breaking? What about buck breaking? 
slaves. Obey your earthly masters in everything. Hmm. What about raping your sister? Colossians 3.22. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it. Hmm. What about feeding our babies to alligators? Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it. Hmm. What about whipping us till we bleed and die? Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it. Not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence to the Lord. Colossians 4.1, masters, oh, there's a scripture for slave masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Deuteronomy 23.15, if a slave has taken refuge with you, do not hand them over to their master. Deuteronomy 24-7, if someone is caught kidnapping a fellow Israelite, this has nothing to do with non-Israelites, or treating them, or treating or selling them as a slave, the kidnapper must die. But what about non-Israelites? That's the New Testament. I could read you the one from the Old Testament, but I'll spare your ears. Okay? Oh, it's all education and good. Mm-hmm. Say that again? I said it's all education. And some of those who are misled need to know. It's in the book. I can read you the slavery quotes from the Old Testament. Would you like me to read the quotes where where Yahweh says that you're going to eat flesh and drink blood? Sure. Let's go there. Sure. Okay. You know who's going to get pissed when you you read that. I'm, I'm (laughs) just reading to you. I'm just reading to you. I'm just reading to you. You're a good servant. I'm just reading to you. Yes, do so. (laughs) I'm just reading to you. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, they're going to say, but it's it's figurative. It's not literal. Is Jesus literally coming back or figuratively coming back? I have a question. Is the Bible literal or figurative? Figurative. He says literal. It's figurative? Okay, well, you're smart. But do they believe that the Bible is lit- literal or figurative? They believe oh, they, it's literal. They, they right. say, they, what do they say? Not one word from that book will fall, right? Every word in that Bible will come to pass. Okay, well, you know, the Bible says that you Christians are supposed to eat flesh and drink human blood. Okay, I'm just reading to you the scripture. Mm-hmm. Don't come after me. I'm just telling you. During the war of Gog and Magog, Yahweh said he will prepare human flesh for you to eat and human blood for you to eat, drink, and he will call all the nations of the earth to watch you eat human flesh and drink human blood. Remember what you said. The Bible is literal. If Jesus is literally coming back, and not one iota of that word will fall to the ground without you doing it, get your dinner napkin, your knife and your fork, and prepare for lunch. This is what the Bible says. 
Okay. Don't be angry at me. This is what it says. Hold on. Uh, Ezekiel 39:18. You will eat the flesh of mighty men and drink their blood. Hello? Oh, I'm here. Hello? I'm here. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that's literal. That's, that's figurative. Is Jesus coming back figurative or literal? He's literally coming back. Mm-hmm. So why is it that you say every day that not one word of God will fall to the ground and die? It will come to pass. Now, when I'm telling you Yahweh says you're going to eat flesh and drink blood, it's not literal. Hmm. It's true. Make up your mind. It's either it's literal or it's figurative. Right. It's either every one of his words will come to pass. Yeah, pick and choose. Or they won't. If it is literal, then when the battle of Gog and Magog happens, you will become a cannibal. Because Yahweh said, come all nations of the earth and see the feast that I have prepared for you, for my people Israel. Let me, let me get the full scripture. Okay, let me get the full scripture. Let me get the full scripture, okay? And where he says, you will eat the flesh and drink the blood. Why are you complaining? Yahweh made you dinner, now eat it. (laughs) And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord, speak unto every feathered fowl and to every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come. Gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I will do for you even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel that ye may eat flesh and drink blood. Ye shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and of goats, bollocks, all of them fatlings of Bashan. Ye shall eat fat till ye be full and drink blood till ye be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. Thus ye shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men and with all men of war, saith the Lord God. Come and eat. I could imagine the comments you're going to get. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to get those comments. But then let me ask you a question. Is cannibalism right? According to that word it is. But. Oh. Oh. Okay. I don't consume any flesh, but according to that word. So if you want to 
You want to tout that okay. word? You're going to have so to tout it question. also. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. If cannibalism and vampirism is wrong, why is Jesus telling people to eat his flesh and drink his blood? I'm just asking questions. (laughs) Well, we have to ask it ahead of time to those who are going to come against you, but I know exactly what you're doing because, you know, (laughs) this is funny. And, And then says, anyone who eats my flesh that's cannibalism, mm-hmm. and drinks my blood, that's vampirism, remains in me. But yet, when Satanists eat human flesh and drink human blood, you chase them off the planet and call them devils. But why is it wrong for Satanists to do it, but for Jesus to tell his people, eat my flesh and drink my blood? I know what they'll say to me. He said, well, Jesus is dead. You can't do it physically. I said, oh, really? <laughs> then why is it that you Christians say that the spirit realm comes first and is stronger than the natural realm? So if you're spiritually eating his flesh, which is cannibalism, and drinking his blood, which is vampirism, and we know spiritually doing something is stronger than physically doing it, why is it? When devil worshippers do it, it's wrong. But when you do it, it's holy. Hmm. I'm just asking. All I know is the African gods told me the reason why black people are in the mess that they're in is because they are worshipping their enemies. Let me get back to the contracts that I saw over Caribbean islands. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get it for that, but whatever. I saw Jamaica, Trinidad, Barbados, and when I was in Trinidad, okay, I had to leave the United States because these satanic pastors were on a mission to kill me. Mm-hmm. And I had to leave Trinidad. And I went to a corner store one day, and I was living in the ghetto. I mean, this is the cleanest, most peaceful ghetto I ever lived in. I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, ghetto and the houses look like this. Man, ghetto is this. Anyway, there was not one piece of garbage on the ground. It was so clean. Trinidad is one clean ass island. Anyway, <laughs> so I was in the ghetto. This was like, oh my God, you live up there. That place is dangerous as hell. But it was spotless and clean. I was like, damn, this is a clean ass ghetto. Anyway, and the <laughs> houses were well painted, well manicured. Caribbean people are crazy, man. I mean, <laughs> anyway. But it's a wonderful, it's an amazing thing how poor Caribbean people live, clean as hell. Anyway, so I went to the corner store. As I was walking at the corner store, because uh, uh, someone left uh, left this comment in the comment section for me to talk about this, so I will. And let me tell you something, I was under a lot of a spiritual attack for walking into some of these churches. Back mm-hmm. to the matrix of slavery. The matrix of slavery, I'm going to read to you the matrix. The slaves are at the bottom. The knights who are military and police are a little bit above. The barons and the lords are the merchant class. The bishops are higher. Those in the churches have a higher ranking than the merchant class. And then the government is at the top. Okay, this is the matrix of power of slavery. So I was running from the bishop class, okay? 
They don't go to prison because they have religious immunity because they are closer to these entities. You in the slave matrix worship, worship and you don't realize that what you're worshiping are enemies. Anyway, I'll leave it as that. So I came out of this, this um, the corner store and somebody said to me, look, and I turned around, Lance, I saw a veil tear in the middle of the day. I saw one tiny police officer. On this back street, they stopped all the cars. And I saw these men, and they all had high-powered rifles. But as I was looking at the men, this is broad daylight now. I, it was as if I was seeing two men each, their physical body and their spiritual body. My knees buckled. Mm-hmm. I said, what the hell am I seeing? It's when it hit me, I'm not seeing humans. Right. In the physical realm, they looked like maybe they were huge and muscular. Right. Okay. Maybe like five foot nine, six feet. Mm-hmm. But behind them, I mean, it's the same one man. I'm seeing things above six feet, seven feet, and I'm like, what the hell? Right. And I'm looking at the people around me, and I'm like, does anybody see this? You're the only one, right? Like, oh. The people were like, oh, you know, it's just a routine traffic stop. And I'm like, <laughs> a routine traffic stop on this back alley with no traffic back here? I was like, there's no traffic at this time because the traffic on that street is from eight it's from seven o'clock in the morning to about eight thirty to nine when people get to work. Not at like twelve o'clock. You understand what I'm saying to you? Not at like twelve o'clock. Right. Okay? That back street was empty and I was just walking out of that store. And they had these what listen, on the physical part of the veil. The weapons looked like high-powered rifles. On the spiritual part of the veil, I've never seen weapons like that. And I'm looking at the people, like, can they? They don't see this. (laughs) And one tiny, tiny, tiny little man is the one who's controlling the whole Listen. These men were like seven feet tall in the spirit realm, okay? And one tiny, tiny, tiny little man was controlling the whole shebang. My knees buckled in the, I said, Lord have mercy, I didn't pray. What but, the hell? I thought it was, listen, I really thought they were coming to get me. I was like, <laughs> God damn it, they got me. Isn't that symbolic though? I, very symbolic that's not the only time in 2004 i was in prospect park Mm -hmm. and i went there with Mm -hmm. a friend of mine from brazil Mm -hmm. and i videotaped this but the problem is i can't find this phone Hmm. okay we were in the great lawn on prospect park when you leave the arc du triomphe and you walk to the lawn and we were laying down, it was nighttime, it was about seven o'clock, because I remember the sun just setting. And we were laying down on that lawn looking up at the stars. And as I looked up, I saw 
one spacecraft went chung, chung, chung. I said, wait, what the hell am I seeing? Then I saw a bunch of them appear from the right, and they started going, ding, ding, ding. I said, wait, wait, wait. So I hit my friend and go, look. He goes, oh, that's a plane. I said, planes don't make 90-degree angles. Look. So he goes, what the hell is that? Let me tell uh-huh. you what I saw. I literally saw one fleet of spaceships fighting and dodging another fleet. Then they all disappeared. He goes, what the hell? Then they appeared lower in the atmosphere than when we first saw them. He grabs me and goes, we got to get the hell out of here. And drags me out of Prospect Park. And he said, you must never tell anyone you saw this. Okay? Let me tell you about what I saw when I went to Trinidad. When I was in Trinidad, I said, I was walking around and the earth was speaking to me again. There's a lot of stuff that um, I made videos about some of the things that I saw in Trinidad. And Trinidad has ancient pyramids, by the way. Okay? Trinidad and Tobago has ancient pyramids and it's another land of gold. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's an ancient land of gold as well. I made videos on that. But I was walking around on the ground on Trinidad and I was trying to understand, I said, what is all this bloodshed in this country? I said, something's wrong with this bloodshed. And that's when I started to see the contracts. I said, what the hell? There were contracts made. Okay? These are blood contracts. They were made in Jamaica. Black people have no clue about these contracts because people made it for them. Let me tell you the country. Haiti has been under this contract for the longest. Okay. Haiti has been under a contract for human trafficking, for genetic experimentation, as a food source, Haitian children as a food source, okay. and for off-planet programs. Okay. Haiti has been under this the longest. Okay. Jamaica, they have sold Jamaica, black Jamaicans into this. Mm -hmm. This is why you are seeing black Jamaicans becoming wicked and you can't explain it. This is why you see Trinidadian people becoming wicked and you can't explain it. Remember when we were growing up in the Caribbean? Mm -hmm. The people were happy people. You left your door unlocked. Yep. And you had, we didn't know what crime was. Nobody went hungry. Nobody Hospitality. Went hungry. If you had no food, your neighbor made sure and brought food to the house for everybody to eat. Right. Remember how we grew up? And that's the way and it was in New York. Sudden, in the Caribbean community in New York, it was the same way. Yep. It was the same way. And now all of a sudden, 500 murders in Trinidad, maybe 1,000 murders in Jamaica. And you're like, is this the same people? <laughs> so when I was in Trinidad, right, I said, I spoke to the earth again, and it revealed a lot of secrets about Trinidad's past. But what they showed me was that the madness that you're seeing in people today is partly due to weapons, that is, 
weapons from space, and blood contracts. Weapons from space used by militaries. Pulsing frequencies to make the people violent and blood contracts. You have to remember something. When you are black, you absorb all of the different spectrums of light. You absorb more frequencies and more radiation. When you live in a radiation Wi-Fi saturated environment, by virtue of your melanin, you absorb more. That is one aspect. The second aspect is black people in the Caribbean, especially Haiti. Haiti has been fighting this for hundreds of years. They have sold Haiti to extraterrestrials. They have sold Haiti to the medical cartel to use the experimentation. They have sold Haiti to traffickers. That is human traffickers. They have sold Haiti to technological traffickers. And you're seeing the same thing in Guyana, Trinidad, Barbados, and Jamaica. This is why the government doesn't intervene to put a stop to the crime. The interesting thing you have to look about, you have to look at, when you look at the crime in Jamaica and you look at the crime in Trinidad, you have to say to yourself, how is it that all these foreigners are moving into these countries and becoming rich and we're native and we're poor Nobody kills them, but we're the one who's dying. By design. Mm -hmm. Because there were contracts made to sell black people. Now, there are contracts made for Hispanic people as well, but I didn't get, I didn't get the clearance to talk to them. I'm just speaking specifically to what's going on with black people. Mm -hmm. There are high-level blood contracts. And the same slave matrix of power on all levels are the ones who are facilitating this. Let's go back. The knights who are military and police, they're a part of selling, a part of the contract. They may know about these blood contracts or they just facilitate it. Not all of them, some of them. Then you have those who are in the merchant class. These are your business people. Not all of them, but some of them. And I'll tell you, your next class is your bishop class. That is the religious class. And I know Christian people hate to hear how wicked some of their pastors and their religious leaders are. The facts are, they are. And some of them are involved in these contracts of selling you. Defend them all you want. These are the facts. And then there's the king, which represents the state. Okay? When you look at crime in places like Jamaica, when you look at crime in places like Trinidad, understand that part of it is from the satellite weapons that they're hitting them with. Part of it is from the blood contracts. 
to kill some of them off, organ harvest them, or to kill them off, and to spat blood or shed their blood. Most of it is just for bloodshed, because you've got to feed these entities with bloodshed. I'm telling you how this works. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is why I said certain things about getting sand, getting dirt, not sand. Sand is different. Mm-hmm. Dirt. dirt. Dirt is richer. Okay? And I want those of you who have ears to hear, I want some of you, even if you're, you're from the Americas or whatever, wherever, if you want to go to Africa, get soil from Africa. If you are living in the Americas, get soil from America, wherever you live, I want you to get some soil. It doesn't have to be a lot. And I want you to spit on that soil. And I want you to speak to that soil. You're gonna ask that soil specific questions. I am telling you, the earth listens. The earth speaks to animals and tell them when earthquakes are coming and tsunamis are coming and tell them where to run for safety. Tribes who have no technology to predict earthquakes and none of these things. They know when the earth is telling them, listen, head to higher ground because an earthquake is coming. The earth speaks. And I'm telling you, whether you live in Africa, whether you live in the Caribbean, whether you live in in America, I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to get some dirt wherever you are or wherever you're going. And do this before you transition into a new year. I want you to speak to the dirt. First, you're going to spit on the dirt because that's your DNA. And you're literally tying yourself to wherever that dirt is because you want the dirt to speak to you personally. You're going to spit on the dirt and you're going to ask that dirt questions. If you're heading to Trinidad, if you're heading to Jamaica, if you're heading to Africa, if you're heading to Africa, get dirt from the country that you intend on going to live. And you're going to ask the earth specific question. Is there a war coming? Is this country right for me? Will I be safe there? Who are my enemies when I go there? Just remember, most of your time on this planet is what? Spent walking on the ground. Leaving your signature on the earth. That is why you're going to take some of the earth and you're going to speak to it. You're going to ask the earth, who are my enemies? If you're traveling to Jamaica or Trinidad or wherever, you're going to ask the earth, who are my enemies in this country? Reveal them to me. You're going to ask the earth to protect you from people with an evil eye and an evil mind and to protect you before they can get to you. When they're walking to come to you or they're sending anyone to come to you, that very ground will speak to you and let you know. You're going to learn to speak to the earth. If you want prayers answered, remember, where does life come out from? It springs out of the earth. When the, spring is, when the spring is here, it's out of the earth that the plants grow, that gives you food. Okay? The seed falls into the earth and breaks apart. 
and then begins to push out of the dirt and life is formed. In the earth, when you walk to and fro, it's the earth you're walking on and leaving your energetic signature. When your enemies walk towards you, they're walking on the earth and the energy passes in the earth. Learn to speak to the earth. And those of you that care about Africa, there is something that you can do without setting foot on that soil. But it will take a very long time to get it fully, fully, fully broken and really to initiate some of this. But you can start by getting earth, dark, rich soil from all 54 continents. And you can begin to speak to that dirt. You can begin to speak to that dirt what you want and reverse some of this madness and send some of this madness back to the point of origin. And you can do it right from your home and no one would know. You could speak to that dirt and curse Africa's enemies and send those enemies back to their homeland to destroy themselves. And they wouldn't even know. They wouldn't even know where it came from. And the earth will do it. You can do the same thing with water. But it's the earth that's speaking to me. That's why you should use the earth to do this. Okay? Speak to the earth. Yes. Your Bible that you love so much, when Jesus was about to heal the blind man, the Bible says, your Bible says, that he spat on dirt and put it on the man's eyes so he could see. It is Jesus that your Bible says he bent down to write in the dirt. Learn the power of the earth and dirt. It will speak to you. It can protect you. It can let you know if an enemy is coming because the enemy got to walk on that soil to get to you. And the earth, your Bible also tells you that the earth opened up and swallowed this one in the book of Exodus and that one. Okay? Learn the sacred power of the earth. And treat the earth well. Okay? These are some of the things you can do. These are some of you are looking to the conscious community. And you notice there's a change in the conscious, conscious community. They stop speaking about subjects like this. And I'm going to tell you why. Because they were warned not to. Many of them have been compromised. Okay? What we need are leaderless movements. Movements where there are no leaders. Because leaders get taken out. Leaderless movements. Leaders get taken out. You have to use swarm intelligence, the way they use swarm intelligence to go after people. Like social media swarms, like the beehives. This is swarm intelligence, but no specific leader because leaders get taken out. 
So that's why I said, those of you whose heart is stimulating you, that Africa is the place to be, get some dirt, talk to it. Learn to nourish the earth. Ask the earth questions. Listen. I want to go to that country. Was that country rocked in a civil war? I need to know. It will tell you. You understand? It will tell you. Is this a safe place to go? Is this where I can move back and have my life? Ask these questions to the earth. It will tell you and listen to when it speaks. You will get your answer. You get your answer. Okay? You get your answer. Mm-hmm. Hmm? So that's, that's basically all I have to say. And I hope that this answered. Let me see. There were some questions that um, I think I answered all the questions. And there will, will be more. Remember. And there'll be more if we missed anyone. We'll go back over it, and we'll take our time and go through it, because this is this is what building is all about. And somebody's getting it. You know, you will have those who try to challenge you, and nitpick, and and you know, it that's a waste of time. At this point, we got to follow those divine marching orders as it resonates in our heart. For you to try to convince somebody who doesn't get it. It's a waste of time because that means that there's work that they have to do to clear their filters and remove the toxicities out of their eyes so they can see what it is that you're saying. So that's not your work. So we're not, we don't have to run behind people who don't really want to do their own homework. There's homework that we have to do as individuals to be clear to receive the messages as they come because it's that clarity that's, that, that our very survival depends on. If we don't have that, we have no purpose and reason for going to school symbolically and sitting down to class so that when individuals that are gifted and seers like yourself speak, they won't get it, you see? So we have to be ready for school and be receptive because there are a lot of false messages put out here. If you are challenging what I am seeing and you have parasites, in your stomach <laughs> and you don't detox your intestines. I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. If you don't detox your intestines, you are not seeing clearly. Mm-hmm. If you do not detox through your skin, you are not seeing clearly. Okay? If you do not clean your intestines and clean your blood, and clean your organs, and detox through your skin, and you're coming to challenge me, you are not seeing clearly because you cannot see clearly when your vessels are clogged. Remember what the old people used to say, cleanliness is godliness? Yeah. Are you there? Uh-huh, yeah, I remember. Remember what they used to say? Yeah. And how the old people in the Caribbean, whenever a person got sick, the first thing they did was clean out their intestines. Right. Remember? Doesn't that tell you something? Whenever you used to get sick, the first thing they did was they say, you need to take a purge. And then the second thing they did is time to clean your blood and got some aloes. I used to think these people are crazy because they used to give us the most nasty, bitter bush to drink. And, <laughs> and bitter, yeah, I grew up on that. 
Yeah, my father would always hand me these big, big mugs mm-hmm. of bitters and different things. And, you know, mm-hmm. some days I'm going to stay inside and just go to the bathroom. It was just a little bit of mm-hmm. something, you know, but I would end mm-hmm. up fresh and feeling better and everything because oh. we know that 99% of these diseases and ailments, you know, feed off of an impacted colon. Oh. And, and, you know, if you don't take yeah. out your garbage, what's going to happen oh, oh. Uh, in oh. your house? Okay, what is it going to smell like? And what's going to come in there? Okay. But most people don't understand oh. that, you know, that the majority okay. of How are you state... a seer? How are you a seer? And you got rotting food in your stomach. Right. That's right. When your own Bible tells you that your John the Baptist used to fast and he used to eat what? Insects and honey. And he used to fast all the time. When your own Bible tells you that your prophets used to be out in the wilderness, barely eating food. Mm, because they had to keep themselves light. Right. They had to keep themselves physically light to be able to see spiritually. And all the false prophets had a lot of food in their stomach sitting at the king's table. The hierarchy of slavery. The bishops were right under the government. Never forget what I'm telling you about the hierarchy of slavery. The bishop class, that is the religious class, was at the banquet of the king. With feasting at the king's table. Okay? How are you seeing when your when your stomach is filled with rotting food? Mm-hmm. I am not insulting people. What I'm trying to say is clean your stomach, clean your skin. That's right. Detox through your stomach and detox through your skin. Then when you begin to ask the universe for answers, oh, you get it. Anyone can get answers. I am not special. But let me tell you what I've noticed. Detoxing is one of the pathways to do so. I think I'm done. Yes, I accept that. Even though I always want more when it's time for you to speak, but they have to give it to the people incrementally and in digestible bits. And I'm quite sure after the other video had so much interest with this being a continuation of that and beyond, I know the ball is going to continue to roll. So Sister Renetta Jones, I thank you so much for your time and sharing of your gifts because it could have been so easy for you to sit down and say, you know what, I'm going to look out for myself. And I hope everybody receives it in the way that it was given as it was given in love. Thank you, sister. Thank you. And I'm well prepared for the religious zealots to come after me. But <laughs> never forget. Indeed. Never forget in your hierarchy of power, those who sit right beneath the government is religious figures. In the high, let me read you the, I'm going to leave after I'm done. Okay. The medieval hierarchy of power that is still alive today. The king is at the top. The king represents the government. The bishops are right under the king. The bishops 
represent religion. Look at how close they are to the top. These are the people you're trusting. The barons and the lords are under the bishop. That is your merchant class. The knights, that represents your military and your police. They're under the barons and the lords. And at the bottom are the slaves, you and I. That is the hierarchy of power. Okay? Know who to trust. Have a wonderful evening, my dear. Bless you, as always. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great one. Take care. Take care. Bye. Make sure to check out the boldest blog at landscurve.com and follow Scurve on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube under Lance Scurve.